uh, yeah. Um, I think my goal, well, not my goal, but I think if I were to become the Andrew Tate of podcast, I think I'd be a very happy man. I'm not an Andrew Tate type of consumer supporter specifically, even though I think a lot of things that he says and teaches actually, there's a lot of value to it. But, um, If you become the Andrew Tate of any business, you're doing something right. So, yeah, there's this thing where he says something that kind of resonated with me, right? And there's this big taboo thing on alcohol specifically. He said you should not drink alcohol until you're successful until you have the means to become and you can actually speak your truth without quote unquote um, any filter because when you are not at a certain level speaking your truth will cause you a lot of money and I'm just like okay there's some to that but at the same time because he was a kickboxer so he didn't Really do anything outside of what he shouldn't have done for the 10 years that he kickboxed, quote unquote. And now that he's in a different phase in his life, money, success, and all that stuff, all that stuff in doing something successful to parlay into money. All of a sudden he's like, you know what, now it's the time to enjoy some indulgences. And that sounds great in theory. But I can't kick like that, man. So, I'm just going to indulge. Um, but no. That's the thing with a lot of this uh, social media algorithm-driven content. Of the Andrew Tate, the Justin Wallers. Even the Tristan Tate, the Mike Thurston. I've been watching a lot of his stuff. I actually watched a video earlier. About how his views on quote-unquote alcohol, specifically. And... You know, it was a very uh, informational piece. It was a very nice perspective. But, you know, um, there's a thing where I don't think all rules apply to all people. And the problem you could run up to is when you think you're the exception to the rule. But... As someone with above average genetics. Um, but no, seriously. Yeah, why all this quote unquote content about what it is to be a man, what it's like to be a man in this world? All it does is it really just confirms what you already kind of feel and know. And especially if you're actually in a position where you've actually received the backlash of what it's like not to be a certain status of individual in society, you see. What it's like being that. So I don't really need people to tell what it's like to not be something. But I would like to one day know what it's like to feel like it is. Being a man of status in society. Um, Because boy, it would be fucking easy and great. Um, But yeah. Moral of that opening is, hey... Andrew Tate and Justin Waller, they're on to something. But yeah, welcome to episode 208-ish, whatever the fuck episode this podcast. I don't even know at this point. I just record so many ahead of time. I'm just trying to be relevant. Episode 20-whatever of the Often Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Uh, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties and titty totters till it goes back and forth like the whippy whoppers. And um, yeah, let me tell you something about getting a great deal at Arby's. Getting a four for ten roast beef sandwich deal from Arby's. It's like telling a girl that she means something to you before she's ready 
for you to tell her that she means something to you. It's pretty bland. The meat's pretty substandard. And you're like, uh, I only have so much to work with. But hey, if I take a Roman pill, kind of like some horsey sauce, I could put a little horse in the carriage. And um, next thing you know, she can't even afford cheese or cheddar. So you just got a plain ass roast beef sandwich. Um, <laughs> oh Jesus, but yeah, recording this on July 5th at 3.34 a.m. Eastern. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of negative you could always feed off of, but I'm like a person at a gay sauna. There's a lot of positive you could feed into me. Um, <laughs> oh Jesus, that sounded sus as fuck. But if you're someone that works out, and I thought about this earlier, I am some, I am a man, one of a few men in this world that you will find that will say, I actually like squatting. I actually like working out my legs. Cause you got a good thing. Let me go and see you again. And it's kind of weird as a man. To say, I actually enjoy squatting. I enjoy the testosterone it builds up. I enjoy what it makes my legs and how strong it makes my base feel. Um, Because as a man, you got to be like, oh, I'm all about the upper body. I'm all about my chest. I'm all about my back and my arms and my tries and my buys. Well, not too much of the buys. Because, you know, I like to train both ways. Um... If I, I honestly think I would be like one of the top personal trainers and I would actually charge a reasonable price. I'll tell you what I hate. I hate, um, I actually saw it less than a week ago. At my gym, there is a personal trainer. Ironically, shit, I don't even want to put their name out. But ironically, their name is named after a famous rapper. Hashtag, uh, the album is Astroworld. Um, that is literally the name of their name, the actual rapper's name. His personal trainer. Um, and what really bothers me is when I watch people pay for things, pay for training, and the trainer that is training them just tells them to do something for a minute, a minute and a half, while they sit on their fucking phone texting some third girlfriend that they're talking to. I hate that fucking shit. Or while they're scrolling on some shit. I absolutely fucking hate that shit. And part of that bothers me. And part of me, and part of it inspires me. To actually run a business. Of personal fitness or personal training. Where I would hire training. Where I would hire trainers. And one of the concise. No type of debatable rules. Is hey. You cannot be on your phone when you are with a client. And I know what these fucking trainers are going to say. They're going to say the bullshit like, oh, well, my wife needs an emergency. It's like, if you're a personal trainer, um, you don't have a wife because this is not a sustainable business. So you fucked up. Um, but no, when you are with a client, that is your one to 100 focus at that time and being. I'm not saying you can't have your phone in your pocket. What I am saying is, while they're doing their sets and their reps, you need to be watching every fucking rep they're doing. Not looking at what the fuck is going on in your phone. I hate that fucking shit. And that's what turns me off about these quote-unquote personal trainers. These personal trainers out here, they are scam artists disguised as... People who know what the fuck they're talking about because we got a certificate from an online university from DeVry. Um, I'm not sure DeVry, but you know, you can find these online personal training certificates, right? And I do think that be a personal trainer, there should actually be a legitimate course that you have to follow to be like, hey, do you at least 10% know what the fuck you're talking about? I get that. But... That's not where the process ends. I feel like personal training, training a human being has become one of the most um, underthought. It's become one of the most underwhelming, 
underdeveloped is become one of the most unimpressive things I have seen from a personal sample as a regular gym goer. And I just think about like, man, like it kind of motivates me to want to become, be like, I want to go up to that person who's being quote unquote, and I say in quotations, trained in the middle of sessions while they're doing some half-ass setups that does nothing to lose body fat, which is their goal. Um, and just be like, hey, you realize that you're wasting your fucking money on this ass wipe that is just wasting your fucking time looking down at his phone, scrolling on Instagram, looking at bitches who are not doing the workouts that you're doing. I hope you know that. Um, but these personal trainers, their goal is to design workouts to give you enough improvement to make you see encouragement, but not to actually... Have you see improvement that actually improves your understanding of what the fuck you're doing? And I am someone that is passionate about this stuff. I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not a fitness influencer, even though I probably could be. Um, But it really does bother me when I see people... When I see people just scamming people out of money to sit there on a fucking rogue jump box and be like, hey... Yep, just sit there for a minute and a half and do these Russian twists while I look down on my fucking phone. Like, honestly, if I was the leader or an owner or a person in charge of a group or a gym where I have personal trainers, I feel like I will have a rule in place where um, it's a no phone policy. If you are a client or if you are a trainer, during the whole session... Your phone should not be a part of the equation. And this is the often be podcast because I could talk about whatever the fuck I want. And it really does bother me when I see people, when I see trainers, quote unquote, that are getting paid to do that. Just on their fucking phone, scrolling lazily to someone that obviously needs some advanced, someone that needs some real attention to details of what they're doing. And I'm watching the exercise you're putting them through. And I'm like, half of this shit is a waste of time. You're having them doing three-in-one movements. Have you ever done a three-in-one shampoo, body wash, and conditioner? It works technically, but it's not the most efficient. Like, it works for your body, but not your hair. Your hair gets stringed out, dried out. That's what it's like doing one of these Russian twists to a push-in-the-air movement. To a push press, shoulder press with a kettlebell. Like it's all just fucking bullshit. And that's the thing. That's where experience comes before experience. Um, We got to actually. Who are you going to trust? Someone who's actually just done the shit in the gym over a long period of time. Or a long enough period of time. Compared to someone who just kind of knows shit. But then you look at them and you're like, you're not weak, but you're not strong. You're not out of shape, but you're not in shape. It's that in between like, oh, you don't even train. You literally only do these movements when you're showing me how to do these movements. I'm not saying you got to be in Saquon Barley, Saquon Barkley squatting 605 pounds for seven rep shape. But you need to be in active shape where I look at you and be like, oh. This person actually actively trains. And that shit actually fucking bothers me. People that teach things and approach things. It's one thing if you're 40 years in the game. I don't expect someone that's 70 years old to be fucking jacked and be able to do all these mobility shit. But I do expect someone in their early 30s to mid 30s to be able to do the shit. And when you look at these ass wipes scamming people out of fucking money. That shit does bother me. Because I look at myself and I look at these, I'm looking as I'm doing the movement, and these trainers are looking at me pulling this fucking weight like, damn. Like, I don't know if they're critiquing me, like, oh, their back is a little far up. It's like, oh, really? Well, your phone is a little far up your fucking eyes and your cornea, you asswipe, while you're scamming this person $80 out of a session for 30 minutes of doing absolute fucking nothing to their actual goals and progress. But hey, who gives a fuck what I'm passionate about? Because it's all about, hey, 
Why do these classes? You know, that's the weird shit about these gym, these gym classes. Why do these gym classes and these gym sessions cost more than actually having a membership? Shouldn't the sessions actually last less in our very secluded pieces of time? Cost less than someone who has an all-time 24-7 membership where they can look up that same bullshit that you're portraying that you can learn one time in a gym session and apply to yourself and just go to the gym any fucking time and apply to yourself? Why do these gym classes cost like 200 bucks for a month? But I can just get the same membership at the same gym with the same space and the same floor for 30, 40 bucks at most. Something about that doesn't seem right. But hey, what the fuck do I do? Uh, But yeah, you know what they say. For every squid in the pit, there's a uh, ex-bodybuilder trying to put a lid on other people's potential. Um, (laughs) I'm such a fool. Because they were never bodybuilders. Um, And look. I am not someone that thinks like a trainer needs to be the most jacked or ripped physique ever. I do think though that you should be be you should be able to perform the exercise or the main exercises better than any gym goer that goes at that gym. I don't think that's a crazy expectation. If you go to Walmart, right? If you go to Walmart, um when you go to the clothes aisle, you expect clothes to be there, right? You don't expect that the clothes are going to be impartial to what you're used to. You don't expect that all the clothes in this one area are going to be stocked up, but all the clothes in this other area are not going to be stocked up. I don't expect you to be able to squat, bench, or deadlift a crazy amount of weight. Because that's not what training is all about when you're training a newbie. But I do expect you to be able to actually teach that shit. I don't know why I'm ranting about fucking trainers that are lazy as fuck. I guess because training is something I'm passionate about. But actually, I was watching a video earlier. And the title of the video was Passion is bullshit. Like passion itself is not a functional career within itself. Like just chasing your passion is the most bullshit thing we're taught in America. Like in uh in British society or Great Britain or United Kingdom, which I've never understood. I only learned about United Kingdom when I used to play Call of Duty or when I used to play Halo online at 4 in the morning. And the people in the UK would be like. Hey there buddy old pal. You want to ship my tea you little nutmeg bag of a shithole. And you'd be like damn. You want to come to a hostel with me. Um, and I'd be like alright LMA. Let's uh, go tripping. Um, Cause I be tripping. Um. But no, I've always I've always found that shit stupid. Like, oh, we call the same country three different fucking names. We call it United Kingdom. We call it Great Britain. We call it the British. We call it England. It's like it's the same fucking country. Bandages. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh shit, I forgot what song. Shit, what the fuck was the song? Oh yeah, well, he was talking about how in America we pursue like. Is so like, oh, just pursue your passions. That's what we're taught. It's And he actually used the personal trainer thing, ironically. For it's like, oh, I love the workout. Oh, yeah, let me sit there and spot your bench for fucking three months. That sounds fucking great. It's like, fuck that purpose and passion shit. I'm here to make fucking money. And I'm like, damn. He's kind of right. <laughs> Like, part of me wants to do, like, a personal trade for a part-time job. It's like, do I really want to sit under and spot people who are, like, 98% on are just kind of half-assed into it? Because if you're truly passionate about something, what frustrates you more, the most about something is when someone doesn't have an equal passion for that. 
You don't care if someone benches the bar. You don't care if someone benches 95 or 135. All you care about is, is this person actually passionate and actually has a desire to do what it takes to get better at this? And that's what frustrates people that are passionate about stuff. Like, think about it. If you were like Steve Jobs when it comes to creating Apple innovation or technology, it doesn't frustrate you. That people are incompetent. It frustrates you when people are just like, hey, you know what? Uh, I'd rather go hang out with my family than spend this extra six hours designing this code and design for this shit. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, people respect people more who suck at something but have a desire to get better at it than someone who actually just wants to fucking... uh, Say they have a desire for something. And they're just like, oh, titties. Um, and that's the thing. Like, if I was a personal trainer, like, I would be bothered as shit if I was spotting someone. And they're like, oh, I only got three reps. It's like, no, you got like seven more in you, you cunt bitch. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I think what leads to frustration more is when people don't have the same desire or passion into you as something so when i was watching and had this the video title like struck me like it the title literally said fuck your passion like your passion means absolutely fucking nothing i'm like oh you got my attention baby girl and then i clicked on the video and it's like oh yeah like, just because you like something, that doesn't mean it's a career. You can make anything into a profitable business. But do you really want to sit there and be spotting someone's Smith Smith machine press for five years and look at them like barely pushing 20% of the effort that you put in when you know at least the minimal effort it takes to improve in a certain facade or physique or a certain aspect of training like that shit is probably frustrating and going back to the astral world named fitness instructor at my gym that i'm not going to name his name but astral world kind of gives it away looking at his fucking phone like if you train enough people and you see they don't give a fuck like yeah you're gonna start looking at your fucking phone now that i think about it if you're training people that don't give a fuck you're probably gonna be like you know what fuck these motherfuckers Um, fuck these 40 year old stress balls of, you know, rubber band banks. Show me what you're worth. Um, but yeah, that shit would be frustrating. I'm pretty sure after a while, like anything you do, anytime a passion becomes your job, it changes your relationship with it. It's like, you know. It's like over time, if you were once a fat kid, right, and let's say you improve your diet over time, your relationship with food changes, your idea of relationship with food changes, right? So it's it's kind of like this thing where you look at it and you're like, oh, I don't really have cravings for Taco Bell, but I know I want it. And then you eat it and you're like, I never wanted that. Um, <laughs> but A49 for Chalupa's Cravings Box always hits the spot. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah. Any Alice in Wonderland. Um, I remind myself of Pixar. Because when I hop on a lamp, I'm like, baby, I'm like, uh, Chevron for Tecron. We'll leave the light on for you. And Red Roof in. Because there's a lot of semen on the wall. Um, <laughs> kind of like Benzino. Apparently, a couple years ago. Well, not even that long ago. But his daughter's Coy Leroy. But apparently, when he was going through a downtime in his life. You know, here's the thing. When these artists tour. People shit on these artists for sharing hotel rooms. Do you not know how expensive fucking hotel rooms are? And they're like, oh, two men sleeping in the same hotel room? 
gay as fuck. Um, it's like, well, if you're sleeping together, red roof in, all bets are off, I guess. But apparently he was seen walking out of a red roof in with another guy. Or actually, specifically, another transgender human being. I don't even know whether they call it guy or girl. But let's just say uh, he was in for a switcheroo. Um, but people gave him a lot of shit for that. And I'd be like, hey, I've never heard of Benzino. And I've been at a couple Red Roof Sins, traveling and shit. They've always got good deals on the Expedia, the Trivago, the, what's the fucking one? Uh, not Activia, that's a fucking yogurt. Even though probably a lot of yogurts going on in there. Um, a lot of Greek yogurt, because I'm a Greek guy. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm such a fool. I would hate to be a house cooper at the Red Roof Inn. It's actually, no, literally, this is actually a true story. Today on July 4th, um, I believe kind of all across the country, but housekeepers at hotels went on strike. That's actually a true story. I actually read that this morning. And I'm surprised all the comments were positive. And I actually, I didn't even realize a couple years ago, this is a self-admit fall of mine. I didn't know you're supposed to tip the hotel housekeepers. I've never heard of that. Because I didn't really go to many hotels growing up. Um, we would go on vacation once in a while to like, you know, Myrtle Beach and shit like that. But, you know, I guess when you kind of keep the room kind of clean in general, you don't really feel the need to like do anything extra. It's kind of like if you go to, if you go to like dinner, at, if you go to like 3 a.m. at a Waffle House, right? Like you're going to tip the waitress. But if but you're not going to leave a crazy ass mess of syrup sticky shit on the table and you know straws and sticky sweet tea on top of it and some like you know sticky ketchup bee hash browns like on the table like you're just going to be like Okay, we're going to tip the wait. Like you didn't know that you had to add extra. Like they already add a bunch of fucking fees. On these hotel rooms, like, you click the room, and it's like, oh, $89 a night. You're like, great. And then next thing you know, it's like all these fees on top. All of a sudden, it's like $190, or it's like $143 a night. And you're like, oh, I just ordered some Benadryl one night because I got hungover from the Cheesecake Factory next to the Sheraton. But hey, you know what? Good times. But that's the thing. I didn't know. That housekeepers were paid literally like eight or nine dollars an hour, and then the tips that you leave on the bed were actually a thing. I actually didn't know that. So you know what? Strike, baby, strike. I'll clean my own room. It's weird how people pay more attention to clean their hotel room than their actual room. Guilty as charged. Um. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus. It's also weird how the kitchen ovens work better than your apartment ovens. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. And how come hotels have fucking ironing boards, but apartment complexes don't come with ironing boards? I'm just trying to straighten out some surfaces, baby. Um, it's like, that's why when I go out, I don't look fresh. Um, that'd be kind of weird. It's like, I literally rented out a hotel just to make sure I look fresh the next day for lunch at 5 p.m. because they had an ironing board and an ironing curtain. And actually, apparently, true story. When I was two or three years old on New Year's, I took a couple shots of chocolate vodka from my mom's drink. That shows you how uh, strict parenting was back in the mid-90s. I took a couple shots of chocolate vodka. Kalula, I believe, was the drink. And then apparently I burned my hand on a curling iron. That's when I learned curls were literally for the girls. Um, <laughs> and the pain I was in made me be like, Mama, please. Um, <laughs> uh, but trust me, she's a good mother. 
you would hear that story and think like I was born in a trailer park and you know southern Mississippi where Brett Favre took her well foot tricks. But trust me, it was actually all good. Um, besides, I'm a believer, and I think my parents were too. That, and I think most reasonable parents is like you don't hide the things from your children when you're when they're young, because that actually is gonna infiltrate or it's going to enhance their want to for certain things when they get out of the house and have freedom and like one thing's in my parents household is like they didn't necessarily they never promoted alcohol per se or they never promoted smoking or drugs but they never really hit it it's like hey look this is a reality of life if you it's like we're going to have this like on top of the fridge or in the cabinet, but we're not going to put a locked cabinet on it because for the most part we can't afford it. But even if we could, that's what they always try to say. It's like even if we could afford it, trust me, we would do the same thing. It's like, nah, if you could afford it, you probably do a lot of things different. But hey, it's like, hey, you know, uh, I shit, I forgot the name of it. But yeah, any jizz. Um, but that's the thing. I'm not a believer in hiding things from the youth. I'm not a believer in hiding things from kids. Because you know what? Kids and young people are going to find things they should, quote unquote, shouldn't. However you want to classify it as. Um, but I think the main aspect of it is being able to be like, hey. Keep it in the household. Don't pay for it. Don't like go out and overpay and all that stuff. You gotta have a healthy relationship with these things that are normal human things to want to do in a safe environment. But when you hear those people, like in my like when you actually like I was actually watching a a YouTube channel where it was talking about people that grew up in very strict households. And I believe they are like 30% more likely. To have detrimental addictions to things because of the fascination with it more than what the thing actually is. Because for better or worse, right? Like here's the thing. Like when you talk about trans or gay stuff in your butt issues. um, There's this thing where there's a pros and cons to everything. The cons is like, hey. My kid knows nothing about anything in his butthole. And I like to keep it that way. But if you're going to normalize it and be like, hey, it's okay to understand that things feel good in your butthole. It's okay to understand that when you consume this alcohol or you consume drugs or any type of substance, it feels good to your system, right? The problem is, is when people develop that relationship too late in life, when they kind of have things that interfere with that and they don't have a past history of dealing or understanding what that is, that's where the real problems come in. And then you have the crazy situations where like the extreme, I lost my virginity at six years old, like the baby. And I don't know whether to give him a pat on the back or to be like, damn. Hopefully, uh, she got a few pats on the back. Which actually is funny how we normalize pedophilia and just be like, hey, she fucked me when I was like 12 years old. It's like, you're not going to give the name of this person, are you? And they're like, no, of course not. Um, but shit, what's the name of that song? Where he had like the whole music video with the lady he... Eventually had a baby with. God damn, I can't remember the song. But, you know, he beat up a few people at Walmart. So, you know what they say. Um, you go to Walmart, you throw a few hands, and next thing you know, you gain a few bands. And I broke my rubber band, actually. Rubber band banks. Show me what you're worth. About a couple K. And I'm not talking about the carrots. And the bunny's mouth. Alright. But yeah. 
But no, anyways, back to the housekeepers on strike. Um, <laughs> it's Lysol, baby. Um, uh, I know it's Pine Saw, but you know, Lysol has a nice ring to it. I do feel for these. And that's the thing. When you learn how this like hotel industry works, I was actually, I watched a video on, I think it was Vice. And it was talking about the inside business of how these rich, exquisite boutique hotels work. Where essentially these rich ass motherfuckers will rent out the whole hotel for two days. It'll cost about $250,000, whatever the fuck. And they'll just basically have a big ass orgy in every room, have a mermaid room, have a BDS room, have a, you remind me of my stepdad room, like all that good stuff. Um, and, you know, when you learn how these hotels things work, it makes you never want to actually travel to a hotel. Because all you're going to think about when you're staying in a room is like, is next door at this Roadway Inn Suites um, that costs 79 bucks a night? Is there some questionable, unloving prostitution shit going on? You know, typically the, thumb, the rule of thumb is the cheaper the hotel, the more prostitution and escorts has taken place. And that's not a joke. That's actually really true. Um... I actually saw that firsthand one time. I stayed at a hotel to actually work on. It's kind of weird when you isolate yourself in a hotel to actually work on some productive shit. And then you actually see some questionable activity going on in nearby hotel rooms. And you're like, oh, I should probably find a better place to do this stuff. Um, But yeah, prostitution is rampant in this bitch. Um... Typically, the more open the rooms are, the more off the coast, I like to call it. Typically, the more closer to a hotel is near a McDonald's, the more prostitution that takes place. That's just a rule of thumb. It's not called a Big Mac combo meal for $6.99 for no reason. When the combo meal costs less than the prostitute, there's your sign. Um, but, um, yeah. And especially if there's nearby, especially when the open hotel, like there's always the days in, there's the roadway in suites, there's a, I don't even know, like the fucking, uh, Drury, is it Drury, G-D-R-U-R-Y, it's like Drury, it's like jewelry, but with Drury, it's like the Drew League, um, but yeah, a lot of fuckery happens. And there's nothing wrong with prostitution within itself. Well, except the pimping, the sex trafficking, the escorting, but consensual prostitution. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, But, you know, the weird thing is I feel like during prostitution, right? Like, I've never been with a prostitute. But I assume that all prostitution in hotel rooms... Because all hotels, they have the same fucking channels. It's the main ABC, NBC, CBS, USA Network, TNT. And boy, I hope the sex is dynamite. Um, Then there's like all these like... And then they may have one or two pay channels. If you're at home, you have to pay extra for like Stars, HBO and shit. Like, I feel like you're always going to be watching Modern Family. Which is kind of ironic because if you were to... Have a baby with a prostitute. That's modern society, baby. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, actually, that kind of reminds me. Adam22, the host of the No Jumper Network, podcast, YouTube channel, all that stuff. His wife is a, you know, a porn star, as they say. I hate when YouTubers say corn star. This shit is so corny, ironically. Um, cause she be chewing on some cobs. All right. Um, uh, butter. She, I'm pretty sure she butters those cobs. All right. But any just, but yeah, no, apparently Adam 22's wife is a porn star. And originally like they've been together for quite some time. He has been with multiple women 
with her as a threesome. But apparently, th- she they have never incorporated a man in their sphere of sexual escapades. So now it's this big deal. Because she had a 6 foot 5 stallion, 230 pound man of a man. Pound her guts out. Um, and it's caused a ruckus on the internet. And the situation within itself is not honestly that big of a deal. She's a porn star, whatever. As a as a person who married her last month in Italy, that's what you signed up for. You can't be mad about it. But their responses to the internet has made the situation 80,000 times worse than it had to be. It's like, okay, this is a money grab. She's fucking some six foot five dude. It's going to fuck her any better than you ever will. It's just, you know, it's physics. Um, and he's a pro. And so, it caused this whole internet, I like to say ruckus, but I think she caused, I think he caused a ruckus of an earthquake inside of her. Um, there's a few things stimulating. Um, but their responses being like, his response, and actually I think one tweet, was essentially summarized. If I'm a cuck, I don't want to be right. And it's like, oh, okay. Like he's admitted some discomfort. And some really uncomfortable films with it. Which is very normal when you watch a girl get pounded by a guy who's five inches taller than you. Um, and probably more than five inches bigger than you. Anyways. Um, but that's how it be. Um, but yeah. But, and then, the weirdest part is on his like podcast that he does... Someone was like pressing him on like that does not make you worry about your kids and all this shit and all this. He's like, you know what? Like, you know, we we're in a progressive society and all this stuff. Like, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. And that's where it's like, oh, you fucking asswipe. You never considered the ramifications of this stuff being all in there. And his rationalization was like, hey. Like, you know what? What you don't understand is I've fucked with a hundred plus different women with her in the room. And then now that she fucks one guy compared to the hundred women, it's become this big thing. And it's like, I don't really feel bad for you. And at the same time, I feel bad for you. As weird as that fucking sounds. I don't feel bad because you voluntarily put yourself in this situation. But I feel bad that you feel the need to rationalize all this nonsense to yourself. And like if you think that marrying a porn star or marrying someone who has public sex tapes on the internet. Is not going to affect the ramifications of when your kid is in third grade. And some kid named Chester is like hey. Is your mom open for availability? Um, and then she comes to one of those PTA nights and he's like, hey, can I put my P and see if she uh, tees at me? All right, that was terrible. Um, but she could call me Big Daddy. Um, <laughs> all right, because I'm the water boy, because I'll squirt the Gatorade bottle on you. And that's how you know that your hydration levels are top tier. But did you know water boys in the NFL get paid 75k a year? Think about that. Um, they got to make sure those things are really cool. I would actually not be a good water boy, so I'm not shitting on them. I actually respect the profession of being a water boy. I know I would not be a good water boy carrier. I would have too much pride. Because if one person be like, just, you know, the slightest things irritate the fuck out of me. Someone waving their fucking fingers at me. Be like, water. And I'll be like, oh, really? And I'll squirt the fucking shit in their eye. 
Um, and then I'll probably get fired on the spot and then, you know, never get hired again. And they would put in a bad word and I'd be out of work for three years because, you know, the NFL is a very, it's a very, very uh, damning profession. But, you know, there are some motherfuckers that you work with that you just want to slap the shit out of. There is this borderline, I don't want to say autistic person, but it's a borderline fucking person that is more than functional of what they're doing. But from an outsider point of view, if you never worked with them for more than three months, you would actually think they have a disability or some sort. But if you work with them long enough, you realize like, oh, they're just using their personality as an excuse to be a douchebag to people. So in ages, there's this person that, have you ever worked with someone that is on your level of pay scale of job description and all the above? And they sit there and try to tell you like, oh yeah, no, just do this, do that. I got this. Don't worry about it. You can leave. And then I just want to be like, oh, you know what? Before I leave, can I choke the fucking shit out of you like Homer does the Bart Simpson? The Simpsons. Because if you were my son, I would beat the living shit out of you. Um, and you're old enough to be an adult, so I could slap the fuck out of you, actually. Um, but yeah, no, I fucking hate those people that are on the same quote-unquote job description level, but they try to fucking... They act like they know what the fuck, and they act like they are the shit, but then, like, they're not even actually that great at their job, they just have this false sense of inflation of who the fuck they really are, and they don't realize in the real world, if their mom didn't pick them up in a Toyota Cruiser, that I would run them over, um, not literally, because, you know, my check engine light is on, so I would not want to risk that, um, but no, this kid does remind me of fucking Bart. And I like Bart Simpson. But they just try to fucking start shit for no reason. It's like they know what the fuck they're doing. And it's like this man bump. Have you ever had someone bump shoulders with you? And they don't apologize. They just turn and look at you. And you realize that like, you realize my shoulders are three and a half times the size of yours. If I really wanted to bump shoulders with yours, I would dislocate yours and show you who your real daddy is, who was never there for you when you were actually born in conception, which is why you probably have all the disabilities that you have. Um, sorry. Oh, whoa, whoa. hey, Clint. watch yourself. It wasn't even me that he bumped shoulders with. It was actually like another person. Um, but damn, the tension was thick. It was deeper than sexual tension. Like, hatred tension is deeper and more uncomfortable than when two people have sexual tension that you don't expect to have sexual tension. Like, this man bumps shoulders with this man on a slow day of all things. It's one thing things are busy and you just keep the shit going. This man did it on a slow day where that person had time to process. And where that person... Was already having a pretty rough week. But that person who goes to church on Sundays. Well it was Saturday. He hadn't gone to church yet to replenish his sins. So when this man bumped shoulders with him. This man had the audacity to look at this man. And the man looked at him. And for like a good 8 seconds. Me and my upper comrade. Of a employee we'll just say. I'm not trying to give away the status. We were just like. Oh shit. This is not funny anymore. Um, <laughs> this is not. Fun and games. And then literally like a couple minutes after. Me and the supper comrade. I asked him. was like. That shit was real wasn't it? He's like bro. He's like. I feel like. <laughs> if the one dude started if the one dude really wanted to start some shit, uh, we would have had a real situation on hands. And I was just like, oh, okay. So I'm not blind to what I saw. I knew, I know this kid is a douchebag. 
And that's the thing. We need to stop giving people who just because they have certain perceived elements, we need to stop giving people free passes. We need to start adjusting them to the real world. Because you know what? If he bumps shoulders with someone who is six foot three, two 240 pounds, that has an anger issue and legitimate problems and might swing on their fucking ass and has some problem going at home and they may be on crack when they come to work, that person will choke and beat the living fuck out of them. But as a living civil human being that this person was who received this unnecessary shoulder bump, he just looked at this man as like, you know what, if I wasn't a man of God, uh, God would have needed to stop me from being the living fuck and elbowing this kid like BJ Penn in 2018. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a UFC reference. But anyways, but yeah, that's the thing. I think a lot of people walk around acting like they can't get their fucking ass beaten. And some people are like that. You know why? Because we live in a society where everything is protected, for better or worse. And I'm not someone that's like, oh, everyone's so catered and coddled and like all this stuff. But when you think about realistically, we have to create discomfort to create actual satisfaction. Think about like anything that's worthwhile in this life now. You have to voluntarily create discomfort. And, you know, on the simplest level, it could be exercise or working out. But then, like, even a real level, it can be you have to seek some type of crazy amount of income by doing some e-commerce, internet, scaling your personality. It could be scaling your business by your brand and all this shit. Give a fuck. And that's the thing. Um, it's like... I don't know. I'd be scared to suck a prostitute's titty. And I'm not someone that participates in activities. Not even in my past. I was always a well-mannered child of God. But I'm saying if I had to assume sucking a prostitute's titty is like seeking a... It's like trying to be a social influencer. You know, no matter how much you suck at it... Shit may not come out for you. Um, <laughs> uh, that was actually not all that good. That 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 was a lot better in my head than it came out. But you know what they say: for every cheese it on a woman's sock, there is a a Ritz cracker ready to be consumed by American communism. Um, which, fun fact, I don't know if you knew, but Cheez-Its were actually originated in Finland. And Finland is very known for being heavy in the hypergamy. Um, and, you know, that's another thing. Is this normalization of hypergamy. Which I honestly, I don't think there's nothing wrong with trying to chase the best option you have, even if you have an option in front of you. That's just the way life is, right? But, you know, um, the thing with chasing hypergamy, with chasing a upper advantage in life, is that... You got to understand that someone that would want hypergamy would probably not give a fuck about the outcome of your individual situation with them. And on that note, as I hear the air conditioning dripping, which by the way, like these fucking ass wipes of this apartment complex, I'll just call them out. I don't give a fuck. I've been waiting three months for them to fucking replace this shit. And this shit's been dripping like a ticking time bomb. And like every time I turn off the air condition, and actually, no, you know what? Fuck it. I read actually, this is a legitimate article. I read from 11 Alive News. And it was ironically like a day after, like an email I got back from these asswipes saying, 
Oh, tell us about your maintenance request experience from two weeks ago. It's like it was non-existent. So suck my wiener. And literally this leaven alive. This is how you know your phone's fucking, fucking spying on you. It was literally an article posted that day. This was not an old article. It was like these people had the shit in the works just in case you had an air conditioner problem. These HVAC, these air conditioning companies are like, hey, turning off your air conditioning to the day when you're not at home is actually not doing anything towards saving money. And it's like, okay. Then I read the article and I'm like, okay. So if you leave it on all day, does that save you money? And it never specified and it never clarified and it never actually fucking made a clear explanation of why turning off your air conditioning when you're not at home for 11 hours at a time would save you money. And never explained that. But they had audacity to put that in a fucking title, right? Um, these fucking... Fucking... I don't even know. I was going to say something, but I felt like that would have been insensitive. These fucking... Ninkapoops. Um... <laughs> These fucking Nika Platts. Um, I don't even know that. But yeah. Fuck these ages. And you know what's the funny part? Is in this article, as I was reading, because you know, as someone who was personally invested, I read the whole fucking article. And I was like, oh, well, let me hear with these HVAC companies who actually run this shit, even though they have a personal investment of people spending more money or not, but we're going to ignore that. So, of course, they're not going to say anything that's objectively right. But they said, oh, of course, you know. It's like, it makes no difference at all. It's like, oh, okay. If it makes no difference at all, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do one month where I do one thing and one month where I do the opposite. And which everyone tells me the truth that's what the fuck I'm going to believe in. Not what the fuck you asswipes tell me who have a personal incentive of whether fucking not it works or not. And it does also take into effect when you have a dripping fucking HVAC machine that doesn't fucking actually work at its full capacity from these asswipes. Um, like what are they going to do? Kick me out? Like I literally pay half of their fucking mortgage. Um, but yeah, no, I can literally hear it dripping and they're like, Oh, all you got, I remember when I first moved in, all these going to say, Hey, if you ever put in a request, we're going to be there in 48 hours. It's been 48 fucking weeks. It feels like, um, I've had, you know, I've had, uh, my job care more about how much my upper back is feeling. Then these ass wipes. You know. Well, I guess they have a personal incentive. Since I'm a top 1% employee. But anyways. Yeah. I think I'm going to end it there. Yeah. That was episode 20. Whatever the fuck of the. Often be podcast with Clint Nelson. I don't know what episode number this is at this point. I'm like 18 fucking episodes ahead. It feels like. But I'm your host. Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Most important ladies. And gentlemen, don't forget the drip and suck some titties. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, check up with your, you know, air conditioning company. Because it's summertime, baby. And like Will Smith, it'll slap you in the face whether you're ready or not. Because um, ready or not, here I come. Still in the Fuji sample. Because, uh, you know... Bankroll is coming in. Um, Because <laughs> it will find you. Um, but yeah. Alright guys. Or ladies. Yeah. Uh, see you when I see ya. Uh, actually I got one more minute in this. You know I'm going to hit the hour mark. Because you know what. I'm a creature of habit. So you know what. Give me like 50 more seconds. And I'm going to just tell you some things. Yeah. So you know what they say, um, for every lizard in the pond, there's a dolphin ready to respond. Uh, I probably should have stopped, but yeah.
for every orca, <laughs> for every orca looking for a dolphin, there's a dolphin ready to orchestrate a manhunt and a shit. Yeah, you know the deal. Um, oh, a hitman. Jesus Christ, why was I struggling? Get on the dark web. Go, you know, I wonder if that's how, like, how, how, is that how, like, how, uh, ocean creatures communicate? Like, we as humans, we have the dark web. If we want to hire a hitman for $20,000 to kill our ex-wife or ex-girlfriend type of shit. But, do these, like, dolphins and orcas and all these, like, weird creatures in the sea, do they have to go deep down in the deep sea where all these weird creatures are to, like, hire a hitman? Or to hire a hit creature. Or hire like a, you know, a megalodon to come up and just consume the Titanic. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is a megalodon of a failure of an episode. But you know what they say. For every artifact, there is a architect to lead it to failure. Welcome to the lake house. All right. But yeah, enjoy your day and night. Uh, yeah. Enjoy. Smack a smackaroo. One hour, one minute. That's a long podcast.